Now at five, an accused serial killer, Raul Mesa, officially indicted. We're digging into the court documents. And another day, another heat record falling in Austin. We're taking a look at your weekend plans in first morning weather. And Austin is entering a new stage of water restrictions, which you can and cannot do, and how much you could be fined for breaking the rules. But first, new details this afternoon in the case of an alleged Austin serial killer. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. I'm Avery Travis. A grand jury has officially indicted 62-year-old Raul Mesa in the 2019 death of his neighbor and in the case of another man this May. KXN's Brielle Hollis tells us what new court records reveal about those killings. A grand jury returned three indictments on Mesa related to the death of 65-year-old Gloria Lofton and 80-year-old Jesse Fraga. He now officially faces both murder and capital charges in Lofton's 2019 death. The two used to live near each other on Sarah Drive in East Austin. A new detail outlined in this week's indictment, Mesa allegedly strangled Lofton while sexually assaulting her. The indictment related to Fraga's death from earlier this year states Mesa strangled him as well in addition to cutting and stabbing him. Now in 2020, DNA obtained from Gloria Lofton's rape kit test matched Mesa's DNA, but police didn't arrest him at that time. Tonight at 6, we'll have APD's response to the internal investigation launched into the handling of that DNA evidence. And when police arrested Mesa in May, they said he could be connected to 8 to 10 other cold cases. We'll have an update on that as well. From the Travis County Courthouse, Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Bree, thanks so much for following it for us. Today, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, the president's son. As NBC's Drew Petromel reports, today's news conference came as a surprise. Speaking from the Justice Department, Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing the appointment of David Weiss as special counsel investigating the president's son, Hunter Biden. The appointment of Mr. Weiss reinforces for the American people the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. Weiss, a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney from Delaware, has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2019. The case took a dramatic turn last month when a plea deal involving tax and gun charges against Hunter Biden fell apart. House Republicans investigating Hunter Biden's business dealings when his father was vice president, now saying today's announcement is an effort to stonewall congressional oversight. Hunter Biden's attorneys expressing confidence, saying we expect a fair resolution on behalf of our client. This insulates decision-making about the president's son from political appointees and assures that only the U.S. attorney, now the special counsel in Delaware, and his team will determine whether or not to charge Biden and what with. The White House maintains President Biden was not involved in his son's business matters, today referring questions about the special counsel to the Justice Department. Meanwhile, at a federal court in Washington, D.C., lawyers for former President Trump and federal prosecutors sparring over what Trump can say about the case involving his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. During the hearing, Judge Tanya Chukin ruled sensitive information from the case must be kept from public view, telling Trump's lawyers, your client's defense is supposed to happen in this courtroom, not on the Internet. Challenging legal issues looming over the 2024 presidential election. In Washington, Drew Petromo, NBC News. A district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, is investigating Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election in that state. Charges in that case could come as soon as next week. 
Well, back home, the city of Austin will move into stage two water restrictions starting next Tuesday. This means that automatic and hose end watering can only be done once a day, one day a week, I should say, one day a week and only after 7 p.m. And then if you wash your car at home, you can only use an auto shutoff valve or a bucket. And listen to this, restaurants may only serve water upon request. Now, breaking any of these restrictions could result in a up to $1,000 fine for each violation. We will be uh, um, instituting a higher level of enforcement. Um, we've also hired some additional temporary staff to help us with those additional enforcement efforts. Um, and of course, um, you know, we do have the opportunity to levy fines for folks that are fine, uh, found violating. And the city says you can report violators by calling 311. Now, this map you see right here on KXN.com, made by our digital data reporter Christopher Adams, shows you which restrictions are in place in your area. David, we know it's been so hot. We're actually learning ERCOT has extended its weather watch through next Friday. This is the longest one I can remember. Usually they do two-day chunks or three-day chunks. This is just an illustration of the confidence that this thing is not going anywhere, at least yet. Here we are outside tonight on the Austonian weather cam. Here's your little silver lining. It's two degrees cooler than it was 24 hours ago. That still puts us at an unbelievable 105 under sunny skies in Austin. It's even hotter out west, 106 in Marble Falls, 107 or 8 in San Saba and Llano counties. No escaping the heat eastward as well. It's 106 in Luling. Excessive heat warnings in effect again. We've never seen this many of this heat alert in a given year as we've had this year. This continues until 9 p.m. Then will continue every day this weekend. Coming up though, we'll take a look toward the work week forecast next week and also a meteor shower that you won't want to miss tomorrow. All right, David, thank you very much. At least 55 people are dead and that number is expected to grow as search and rescue teams come to Hawaiian island of Maui, where fast moving wildfires have destroyed entire towns. Thousands have been left homeless and an urgent effort is underway now to get life-saving supplies to those affected areas. NBC's Chris Pallone is there and brings us the latest on the fight. In the Hawaiian town of Lahaina on the island of Maui, the scope of the devastation is becoming clear. I've never seen something ravaged so fast. Dozens dead so far and at least a thousand buildings destroyed. Wildfires that started Tuesday quickly became an inferno driven by extremely high winds. The fires moved so fast people jumped into the ocean to save themselves and local officials don't know who or what they'll find as they search for the missing. We want to reunite families. We want to give people information, uh, whether they're family members at one of our shelters uh, and, or whether they um, are among those that have perished. Information is hard to come by. Tens of thousands are without power and phone service. Please, please, please. People are desperate. Local radio stations are trying to keep people connected. We hear them crying, their tears, uh, their desperate pleas. Um, it, it's real. It's very real for me. On the other Hawaiian islands, people are loading boats with supplies like food, water, gas and clothes and heading for Maui. We uh, loaded up as much as we could and, and came on out. Back in Lahaina, survivors are trying not to despair. Wow, this is going to take years, years to recover. But even in the face of so much destruction, there's a glimmer of hope in this island paradise. But I'm confident uh, as a community and as a coming together, uh, we, we, we will rebuild, um, and that's certainly our intention. So much and so many lost in one of the worst natural disasters the state has ever endured.
Chris Pallone, NBC News. At least six wildfires are still burning on Maui, but firefighters have made progress in containing them. Coming up on NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt is talking to the governor of Hawaii about what he witnessed in the fire zone today and what's coming to help survivors. Well, new data from the Austin airport today, just how many passengers took to the sky in June. Plus, prisoners and officers taken to the hospital for heat-related illnesses. The push for the state to install air conditioning in these facilities. A crash. We're getting new data from the airport today. This June turned out to be the second busiest month at the airport ever. It's also the only, thir only the third month in history with more than 2 million passengers coming through. May 2022 still stands as the busiest month there on record. So far, more than 10 million passengers have been through the airport just this year. Well, you may be able to save some cash while shopping over the next few days. It is tax-free weekend. Starts today and goes through Sunday. This gives families some help while preparing for the school year. You can save money on most clothing, footwear, school supplies, and backpacks under $100. Well, a stage two water restriction coming uh, soon here in Austin because the lakes are dropping very quickly. The combined storage capacity of Travis and Buchanan down to 46%, about to cross over the threshold of below 900,000 acre feet. We'll have your weekend forecast and details on the Perseids meteor shower after this. KXA. Temperatures are in the triple digits outside. It's unacceptable that it's hotter on the inside where people are living, where we have custody of them and they've lost all rights. At least 20 people working and living inside Texas prisons were diagnosed with heat-related illnesses this summer. That's according to Texas Department of Criminal Justice records obtained by KXAN. KXAN investigator Kelly Wiley reports it comes as lawmakers and families fight for the state to put air conditioning in prisons. Dozens of corrections officers and prisoners rushed to the hospital after getting sick from the heat. New records obtained by KXAN show this summer and last summer, TDCJ officials documented at least 36 times where TDCJ workers, corrections officers, and inmates were diagnosed with heat-related illnesses. This is preventable. This is preventable. In one report, TDCJ officials found a corrections officer unresponsive inside the living area of a Texas unit. Paramedics came and took him to the Huntsville Memorial Hospital. It was 90 degrees outside. Texas Representative Carl Sherman is one of many House lawmakers pushing for more air conditioning in Texas prisons. It's not humane for our public safety officers who risk their lives working in these conditions every day, going up and down these stairs, in some cases, four stories in a metal building in the housing unit. This is about decency and humanity. In recent months, lawmakers and families have been sounding the alarm about the problem. This is a state of emergency, people. It's too late for my son, but it's not too late for change. Most TDCJ units either have partial air conditioning or no air conditioning at all, but the agency maintains that they have had no heat-related deaths. This is a humanity issue, and as Nelson Mandela said, you don't judge a nation by how it treats the upper echelon. You judge a nation by how it treats those that are incarcerated in the custody of the government. 
As Kelly Wiley reporting, the incidents didn't just happen inside of the facilities. At least seven reports from the summer of 2022 detail corrections officers getting sick from the heat during the search for escaped inmate and accused killer Gonzalo Lopez in Centerville. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice answered several of our questions for this report, but has not yet agreed to our request for an interview or provided comment. Now, efforts to put air conditioning in prisons came up in the 2021 legislative session and again this year. It failed both times. David, we know you guys have been trying to give out tips to help people avoid heat-related illnesses. Sure all summer already. 35 days in a row of 100 degrees or hotter. This has never happened before in Austin records, which go back to the 1800s. Let me take you live outside right now where you do need to plan around the heat for your Friday evening and Saturday and Sunday activities. Please stay hydrated, take breaks in the shade. Maybe just hang out in the AC all afternoon. If you wanna take the dogs out, go do it early. 106 right now on a beautiful but low Lake Travis. The Oasis Restaurant Weather Cam always one of 20 live on our website. We've got gusty south winds even a little stronger than uh, recent days. 20, 22 miles per hour in some areas outside of Austin. This is enhancing the fire danger tonight. And remember the winds get a little stronger after sundown, at least for the few hours thereafter. So the red flag warning continues for dangerous fire conditions, not only until 6 or 7 p.m., but until 11 o'clock tonight. Very high fire danger again from noon to 11 tomorrow. I have no doubt that we will have another red flag warning for your plans on Sunday. So remember, if you're thinking about a barbecue or anything that involves a flame, a spark, an ember, rethink your plans or have something in place in case an ember goes to the wrong place so you can extinguish that fire immediately. Maybe just put it off for another day. That could be a smart idea as well. This evening, your temperatures are quite hot for Friday night plans. Uh, 7 p.m. dinner, maybe take that into the AC, still at 104 in Austin. We'll be gradually dipping down to 89 by 11 p.m. The weekend forecast has more cut and paste days similar to today. Blazing hot tomorrow, searing hot on Sunday. You can pick your adjective. It was 107 today, and it'll be 107 both days this weekend. Challenging record highs. Let's talk about a meteor shower, though, happening this weekend. This is something that's happening late tomorrow night. The Perseids meteor shower, considered to be one of the best every year. It occurs every July and August. This time around happens late tomorrow night. After midnight on Saturday night or really early Sunday morning, maybe drive out of town a little bit, get away from the light pollution. If you look northeastward, we're hearing that you could see more than one meteor per minute, up to 100 meteors every hour. This is debris from the Swift-Tuttle comment, and a comet rather, and not only will the sky be clear, as we've seen most recent days, but the moon will almost be gone. We call it a crescent moon, where there's just a little sliver visible, and that lack of light pollution up in the sky itself actually helps with the view as well. Well, so enjoy that late tomorrow night. Tonight's forecast, gusty winds, warm temperatures, hardly dipping below 80 yet again in Austin. Tomorrow, that would be a record 107, beating the current record of 106 set a couple of times, most recently back in the summer of 2020. Notice gusty winds just like today at 15 to 25 miles per hour tomorrow. Winds may die down a little bit next week, hopefully helping the fire danger a little. But the bad news is this kind of weather continues. Yeah, temperatures vary by a degree or two each day, dipping to 105 on Tuesday, then rising to 108 next Thursday. We are still hoping for a chance of rain and maybe a little decrease in temperatures by the end of the month. But we don't have a lot of immediate optimism and we don't have any concrete details on when that may come. 8 to 14 day outlooks are looking pretty pessimistic with more triple digits through much of the period, August 19th to 25th, and slightly drier than normal weather possible during that time as well.
Right now, my interview with the governor of Hawaii about whether wildfire warnings were issued in time. Also, the surprise announcement of the Hunter Biden investigation. What does the appointment of a special counsel to the case mean for the president's son when we see you on nightly news? Two evacuation centers are now open in Lockhart as a grass fire continues to burn out of control there. This is in Caldwell County near State Highway 130, just southwest of Lockhart. This is called the Boggy Creek Fire. It's burned at least 300 acres and is 25% contained. The evacuation centers are set up at Lockhart Junior High School and the First Baptist Connections Center. Starflight is helping to try and put out these flames. Austin police have arrested two teenagers in connection with a homicide Monday. Just before 2.30 in the afternoon, someone dropped Gregory O'Rourke off at St. David's South Austin Medical Center. He'd been shot. He died at the hospital. Police believe the shooting happened on Friedrich Lane in South Austin. Police say 17-year-old Christian Alba and a juvenile shot O'Rourke during a robbery. Both Alba and the juvenile are behind bars facing capital murder charges. And 60-year-old Jorge Flores Flores Duran has been arrested for a homicide on Tuesday night. Police say he killed 54-year-old Isaias Martinez during an argument on Lee Hill Drive. That's in southeast Austin. Flores Duran has been charged with first-degree felony murder. Now, those two arrests make up the 40th and 41st homicides this year. On our website, Christopher Adams has an interactive map that shows where and when the homicides have happened this year. Just search Austin Homicide Map on KXAN.com. Ted Binion was a man of contradictions, a good old boy who liked to hunt, but also collected art, who drank whiskey straight up, but at times smoked heroin, who drove a battered old pickup truck, but gave Sandy a shiny new Mercedes.